0: Amen. Hey, that's right. Once again, world religions, cults, and the occult is where we're at. Number 11, Bobby, hit the... Christian Science. Christian Science. And what's the theme? It's not Christian, Christian, it's It's not not science. What's the tagline? not even close you guys I don't even have to write it anymore praise God for that and uh, we have basically been dealing with the last three weeks why I mean because you're thinking hey man that's that's a pretty heavy duty statement you're saying it's not Christian it's not science and then you even throw in it's not even close I mean that's pretty alarming well hey we've just been dealing with the facts the last three weeks we've been taking a look at the history where in the world this thing come from Mary Baker Eddy she was not a baker and her husband's Pick a husband. None of them were named Eddie, okay? At least the first name. Uh, last name, yes. But anyway, but uh, we've been taking a look at where did she get this stuff from, okay? As we saw, there's a common thread there. Well, what happens when you actually have demons inside of you speaking through you? Remember, we saw that's what she was involved in. I'm not making it up. The history shows that. So you got demons inside you. What happens then also when you start listening to their demonic teachings? Well, that ain't good either. So you got uh, that with demons uh, on that aspect as well. Then you start doing drugs, okay? And so you got demonic, you know, actual entities inside of you speaking through you by your own historical records. You got demonic teachings that you're promoting because you're getting this from New Age and Hinduism. And behind every lie is who? Satan, right? And then you're doing drugs. Well, that's a triple D cocktail. That's one thing you don't want to mess with, okay? So what do you get when you mix basically demonic teachings with demonic actual demons inside of a person mixed with copious amounts of morphine? Christian science. That's right. And that's why it's not Christian. It's not science. Not even close. It's the triple D cocktail that she got involved in, unfortunately. Now, that's the last three weeks. We've been doing CSI. Where's this coming from? What's going on? Where, and who is this Mary Baker, Eddie, and all that stuff, okay? And, uh, but now let's pick up in your workbooks what's going on today with them. Okay, and that uh, down there, one, two, three, four, some somewhere around there, uh, two thirds down the page, down on the first page, it says this: Christian Science membership has been what, dwindling. Hmm, I wonder why. Okay, when you're doing stuff like this, I wonder why. The number of practitioners, now what's a practitioner? A practitioner is their word for a person who learns these these mind techniques, right? And has this supernatural power. They tap into the great divine mind, the I am. We'll see that tonight, right? And then they could use the power of their positive thinking and words and reshape their reality, including their health, right? The people who are trained in that are their practitioners, right? And they're the ones who can help you. Okay, But that's what the number of practitioners and teachers has dropped from 5,000 in 1971 to 1,200 in 2005, a big decline. The number of Christian science quote-unquote churches has dropped from an 18, uh, 1,800 in 1971 to 1,000 in 2005, almost cut in half. So obviously there's a downward trend. Right Now, part of it, I think, uh, is obviously is the cat keeps coming out of the bag and you're finding out where all this stuff is coming from. Not a good source uh, to be following. Uh, Number two, I think, is if we get that far tonight, we're going to see because of the rise of the medical community, the modern day medical community that we see today. Because basically the whole premise of this, why was she baiting so many people? Well, what's the time frame? You're dealing with the mid-1800s and then you're going, she died in what, 1910. How advanced was medicine back then? Not very well, I think even at that time they were still, if you got some sickness, slap a leech on you. and suck out your blood. I'm not making that up. (laughs) Okay, you know the barber pole? The white and red stripes? That was, he was the blood letter. If you guys do your history, right? So it's kind of creepy, whatever. So guess what? So here comes this lady with this demonic teaching. She says, hey, you don't need to go there. Praise God, I got tired of those leeches. (laughs) Okay, you know, but you don't need to go there. Just learn my secret techniques. Pay me my $7,000. Become a practitioner, right? (laughs) And you can get into this and bring healing yourself. So back then, it snookered a lot of people. But today, medicines, come a long way. So guess what? Their numbers, I believe, this is my own theory, are in decline. That's another big reason. But let's go on. Now, of the biblically-based cults. Now, what's he mean by that? doesn't mean it's biblically-based. It's cults who say that they're based out of the Bible, but they're not. That's what he means. I want to clarify that. In America today, Christian science is one of the most interesting. Not only does it deny the essential doctrines of Christianity, but it has completely reinterpreted. There's your blank there. Reinterpreted Uh, the Bible, and boy, does she ever do that. Uh, It drastically redefines the Bible's culture and terminology and, listen, rips thousands, not dozens, not hundreds, thousands of scriptures out of the historical and biblical context, right? So basically, they twist them to mean whatever they want to mean, right? Now, Christian science, listen, this is that phrase, is so foreign to the Bible that if it didn't use words like Jesus, Trinity, love, grace, sin, Ruth act that's right you would never suspect it had anything to do with the Bible at all I mean the other cults that we saw before that also say the same thing oh no we based on the Bible but it's the Bible and somebody else somebody else's version somebody else's or what they say is a Bible is a perversion of the Bible like with Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons and things of that nature okay they say the Bible but these guys are so far off I mean, the other ones weren't good either, as we saw before. Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, even Seventh-day Adventists, right? But these guys are so far off. If they didn't pepper with some Christianese, it is, it's, not, it's not even close, right, is the tagline. That's what he's saying there. Now, listen. Additionally, okay, the book, Science and Health with the Key to Scriptures. Now, remember what the phrase there? It wasn't just science and Health, and it's the mind science. You learn these techniques, and you can have health. You don't need to have those leeches sucking on you anymore, right, basically. But was it the key to what? What does it say? Key to the scriptures. Remember, what, was she, what did she mean by that? That it was her book that she got from demons, and again, plagiarized, and lied, and copied. Shocker. Okay? That you need to read in order to then go back to the Bible, and then understand it correctly. That her book is the key, so that's what that phrase there means. Okay, now the book, science and health, with the key to scriptures, which is the Christian science mainstay of spiritual knowledge. In other words, what? When push comes to shove, what do they go to? Always go back to that book. So that basically is their Bible, right? But as we're going to see in just a little bit, even when they say they go to the Bible, talk about a twisted mess, right? And they twist the scripture. Okay, it's their mainstay of spiritual knowledge. But remember this line: we may come to this repeatedly tonight. It reads, listen, that book reads with a rhythm of pseudo-logical statements that has the tendency to dull the senses when read long enough. You ever done that? You ever sit there in that class and that guy has 9,322 degrees. Who's counting? He is and he lets you know every single time of how incredible smart he is and how he's just... almost beneath himself to even spend his time talking to you, you little mm, non-educated person, right? And then they use these big, giant words, and just big on this and that, and you're like... And it makes absolutely no sense. You walk out, who? Huh? And this is what this is. This is a bunch of new-agey Hinduism demonic gobbledygook. Is what it is. And you read it, and we're going to see some video clips if I get that far, and I'm going to read you some statements. And this is like... Huh? <laughs> you know you, What? It makes no sense. It's supposed to be so spiritual, so enlightening. It's a bunch of gobbledygook, okay? And it dulls the senses when read long enough. So the question he ends with, is Christian science Christian? Definitely no. not. Not even close is our additional tagline. Hey, we're on page two. We're cooking now. That's right. Now, why is it not Christian? Why is it not science? Well, we did the history and we saw where it's coming from. That ain't good. That ain't come from the Bible. But we're going to take a look again over the next few weeks. The same classic signs. How do you know you're involved in the cult? They always get it wrong in these same five areas every single time. And it all starts with the first one, as we see there at the top of the page, the source of authority, right? You get off the scripture, what's going to happen? You're going straight into false teaching. You keep pushing it, and you make a big deal out of it. You elevate that. You, you personalize it into a personage. And guess what? you got a cult and a cult leader. That happens every single time. Same thing with here, right? Let's take a look at the top. Mary Baker Eddy maintained that as adherents of truth, we take the inspired word of the Bible as our sufficient guide to eternal life. Er, Now, if you stopped right there, and if you actually practiced that, not bad. The problem is, guess what? You didn't practice that. And you not only didn't practice that, okay, you badmouthed the Bible. Okay, let's take a look at this. Eddie questioned the textual reliability of the Bible, saying, listen, the manifest mistakes in the ancient versions, the Bible, these facts show how a mortal and material sin stole into the divine record with its own hue darkening to some extent the inspired pages. All right, let me read Pseudo-logical statements that has the tendencies to dull the sentences when read long So let me let me you got to read this baby slow and this is how she writes This is what it and this is an easier one But basically what she's saying is you know, we all know there's mistakes in the Bible So you can't trust it. That's basically let me me translate that for you. Okay, excuse me So here you say you're Christian, but you're gonna badmouth the Christian Bible Here you're gonna say that you're biblically base, but then you're gonna say you can't trust the Bible you can't have it both ways. And that's what she had said, all right? Now, I don't have time to get into this. We dealt with this in massive great detail, okay, uh, in our intro to apologetic study. Remember that? The defenders of the faith, right? And how many you guys remember that phrase? We did a, we did a study here uh, several years ago. Did the Bible really come from God? But basically, in our defenders of the faith study, we took a look. How do you know the Bible really came from God? And we came up with an exciting acronym. You guys remember that? Bubba Jones and Earl T. Mason ate peppered squirrel sausage. Woo-hoo! And that gave you 10 signs. How do you know the Bible came from God? right? And that was the Bible says so, Jesus says so, early church, church history says so, the transmission standards say so, manuscript evidence say so, archaeology says so, prophecy says so, uh, science says so, and statistics say so. There's no way man could have whooped up the Bible. Real quick, it was written over about a 1500 year time span, 40 different generations, 40 different authors, different places, different times, different moods, different continents, different languages, and never once does it contradict itself. It's got the same message through and through. No way in their best day could man ever whip this thing up, okay? And again, I I just do that just to counter her accusation that somehow you can't trust the Bible. Do your homework. The Bible is the most trusted, reliable book in the history of mankind. It has been hacked on. It has been chopped people have been trying to attack it get rid of it you can't because it came from god it is the most historically verified book on the whole planet okay but it's not just a book it's a book that came from god it demonstrates that it had to okay but i just want to share with that if you want more go back to those studies okay i just want to put that in there now let's continue on she says that so she bad the bible in addition to that christian scientists interpret the bible in a radical way now circle that word they're radical uh, uh if you got a pen, uh draw some asterisks or maybe even some rockets a bomb blowing up or something do something to grab your attention that's the key word radical okay it's not just a boy they're a little bit off radical okay radically off there according to their metaphysical presuppositions now what does that mean they have their minds made up. It's based on her false new age Hinduism uh, uh, occult mindset. And then they go to the Bible and says, well, it's got to fit in here somehow. That's not how you interpret the Bible. That's what's called eisegesis, Ice into. You're reading into the text. It's not what you do. It's exegesis, ex, like we get the word exit. You're out, right? You're going out. So you, re- you let the Bible speak out to you. But so, they got a presupposed idea. Here's what we believe. Here's her book. Here's her teachings. It's got to be right. So, we're going to approach the Bible and we're going <clears> to <throat> squeeze it in there. And the way they squeeze it in there is just absolutely crazy, right? Let's take a look. They, they give you a couple examples here. They eliminate any semblance of historical Christianity when they do this. In other words, they just completely twist it, makes it nonsense. Eddie ascribes arbitrary spiritual meaning, is your blank there. Arbitrary spiritual meaning to biblical terms right now the term that they use the bad way to interpret the Bible that they uh, will teach you in uh, hermeneutics and prolegomena Bobby coming up fast uh, to a church near you okay uh, is they spiritualize or they allegorize the text that's not how you do it the Bible is to be interpreted literally right and only is it talking about something symbolic if the text demands that using common sense principles But it's a literal, historical, grammatical interpretation, just like any other writing. You don't just, do you read the newspaper and say, well, I know that said President Trump, but I really believe that Trump really stands for the musical instrument that Ken will be playing on Sunday that really symbolizes the pattern of traffic in Las Vegas. No! Now, you think that's goofy? That's what she does to the Bible. Let let me just give you one example. For example, Jerusalem. How many guys can figure this out? You guys, I'm not even asking if you read the whole Bible. When the Bible talks about Jerusalem, how many of you guys realize it's talking about Jerusalem? <laughs> That's common sense. You know what she says? Look at this. This is crazy. No, no, no. It doesn't mean Jerusalem. It means, quote, mortal belief and knowledge obtained from the five corporeal senses. No, it doesn't, it means Jerusalem. I mean, this is why, that's what the key word there was radical. This is just like, well, I think Jerusalem symbol, you are so far off, it's crazy. I've given you the example uh, before, this is as good, we laughed about this, but these guys do it to the mm, on steroids degree, okay? Uh, John 21, after Jesus' resurrection, he comes back and he's uh, there and the disciples, they lower the nets, he tells them the nets and he pulls up the fish there, right? I'm giving you this example, okay, uh, to make the point, right? And it says there. It literally calls out the number of fish that they caught because it was a bunch of fish. It says 153, right? Now, how many of you guys realize that 153 fish is a bunch of fish? That's all it means. But what if it really meant this? And of course, in order to get people to go along with your spirituality, you gotta squint one eye. And then you have to put your lips like this. If you want to practice that, just take a lifesaver, put it right in your mouth. You know, and you'll get it. You'll get it down. You, see, you know, it's going but really. What I think this means is the one and the five. If you add that together, that is six. Now, what you do is you times that by three. Now, you do not apply the equal sign. What you do is you take that. And you use spiritual osmosis with the hypostatic snipe schnibbles, And what that gives you is the number 666. Now clearly that is dealing with the mark of the beast. The fish represent the mark of the beast. The net, John, symbolizes the problems of humanity all gathered in one locale. The boat is human... No! It means 153 fish! Right? Now, I joke, and I've joked about that before, but you can see how people, oh, yeah, I never thought of it like that. One plus five is six. You know? There's just enough there to suck people in. Isn't it crazy? It's wild, and that's what she does. Let me give you another example. Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. How many guys could figure out that when the Bible's talking about the Holy Spirit, it's speaking of, of God, the Holy Spirit, right? No, no, no. Squint and I, squint and I go along with it. It means divine science, the development of eternal life, truth, and love. Excuse me. I said, And we can go on and on. But so, so, so you really don't even follow the Bible, number one. You follow her book that came from demons and drugs and all kinds of Hinduism, New Age, demonic teaching, right? But then even when you say, oh, no, we read the Bible, <laughs> yeah, but you're doing this. This is so far off Christianity. As the guy said, if they didn't pepper with the Christianese, you wouldn't even recognize it. It's not Christian. It's not science. It's not even close. All right? Now, let's go on. Now, concerning S&H, right? It was not a, a commercial. SNH, pure cane sugar. No, CNH, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Just keeping you involved, keeping you involved. Right. Okay. S N H. That's her book. Right. It, the Science and Health. That's the short form there, Bobby. Don't fall for that. Okay. Don't be squinting your eye at me either. That's freaking me out. All right. But anyway, so she stated. Right. Listen. I should listen. Listen to her. Her trying so desperately to sound humble. Oh, but it just oozes a pride. Listen. Watch this. I should blush the right of Science and Health with the key to Scriptures as I have. Were it of human origin, and I apart from God, its author, but as I was only a scribe echoing the harmonies of heaven and, and divine metaphysics, I, I cannot be super modest of the Christian science textbook. Ugh. Give me a break. Are you serious? I just, I just try not to get such a big head, because only I, with my demons literally inside of me, and my serious addiction to morphine, To where my age said I was a slave to morphine. Involved in new age and Hinduism. Oh, I gotta go. No, you don't. Isn't this crazy? Now, I'm gonna give you some quotes because this is where she gets it wrong. Anybody gets it wrong. What's the first? How do you know you're involved in a cult? It's number one, your source of authority. And you can sit there and say to your blue in the face, oh no, hey, you go to a Christian science room. There's a copy of the Bible there. Doesn't mean you read it. Doesn't mean you follow it. And even when you crack it open, you do the fish thing on it. (laughs) <laughs> so it ain't Christian right it's crazy right well, let me read to you some quotes right this is why she gets it wrong get off and you come up with some non-Christian beliefs right uh, these are all quotes from Mary Baker A she said listen listen how blasphemous this stuff is right? one sacrifice however great is insufficient to pay the debt of sin the atonement requires not Jesus but your constant self-sacrifice on the sinner's part that God's wrath should be vented upon his beloved son is divinely unnatural. Such a theory is man-made. No, it's not. It's the propitiation that Christ made for us in the scripture, right? She said another one. The material blood of Jesus was no more efficacious to cleanse from sin when it was shed on the accursed tree than when it was flowing in his veins as he went daily about his father's business. That's blasphemous! Whoa, and you're supposed to be Christian? Science? Not even close. She said, listen, his disciples, Jesus' disciples, believed him to be dead when he was hidden in the sepulcher, whereas he was really alive. So now you're denying the, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, right? Is that a popular view of skeptics today? That Jesus, It's called the swoon theory. That Jesus, when he was on, he didn't really die. He faked it on the cross. <laughs> yeah, but that's the importance of God, right? And now speaking of modern medical science, that when he was, uh, number one, they went and they go to break the soldier's legs. The reason why they broke the legs of the people on the cross because what kept you going was lifting yourself up <gasps> to take another breath. Well, with busted legs, you, you're, going, you're going quick, right? And when they came to Jesus, they saw he was already dead, so they didn't break his bones, which is a fulfilling prophecy because they said he wouldn't break his bones. That's a whole other story, right? But also said the spear went into his side. And when it came out, what? It wasn't just blood. Blood and water. We know medically that begins to separate when a person's really dead, right? So again, apparently she's not reading the Bible. Shocker, okay, uh, but let's continue on. He said this, she goes on. She said, his students then received the Holy Ghost. All right, stick with that. You're doing pretty good. At least you got one right. No, no, she had to keep going, right? I don't know if this was when the morphine thing kicked in or what, but here's what she said. Now, by this is meant because you got it wrong. Now, it doesn't mean Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean Holy Spirit. No, 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 you got it wrong. <laughs> You know, squint an eye with me. By this is meant that by all they had witnessed and suffered, they were roused to an enlarged understanding of divine science. What? (laughs) Excuse me. Now, here's another A scientific mental method, of course hers, right, is more sanitary than the use of drugs, and such a mental method produces, quote, permanent health couple problems with that we saw last week okay so you're saying if we follow your technique we're gonna have permanent health if we learn your mind science techniques we're gonna have permanent health we won't need doctors we won't need drugs but you were a slave to what morphine excuse me you know they call that in other states Liar, liar, pants on fire. (laughs) Okay, that's right. And here too as well. It's a universal term. And a hypocrite in the South, Bobby. That's right. So what? How could you even say that? But not only that, uh, she said it's uh, with the drugs, but it's a a method that's more sanitary than the use of drugs and such a mental method produces permanent health. Mm. Let's examine that. Now, last time we saw the hypocrite factor coming out. Okay, uh, she not only wore glasses. Oops! All right, remember you could have just looked in the mirror and went, mm, 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 "Fix your eyeballs," if it really worked, right? Or had one of your other student practitioners mm, 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 do the thing on you if it really worked. What were you doing? She she uh, frequented doctors. But, excuse me, and then last time, the nail in the coffin, pun intended permanent health. What happened in the year 1910? She died, okay, excuse me, permanent health, it didn't work, because it doesn't work, right? If this was true, permanent health, and all this evil and sickness is just an illusion, and you just got to connect with the divine mind, okay, what she calls the I am, we'll get to that in just a second, that's getting recycled today, okay, out of the biblical basis, and uh, then guess what? Uh, It ain't going to work. Right? But she says you could do this, and somehow you're going to have permanent health. Okay? But it's not. You, you die. Every one of these people, even the word faith, right? people say that you can have perfect health, perfect wealth. Last time I checked, they've been teaching this false teaching, unfortunately, for decades. Right? How's their health coming? I, we talked about this before. I don't know if you know this, but you can go online, and you can see uh, Betty Hen 30 years ago, and Betty Hen today. Mm. You know, when you get older, that happens to your face. it just starts to fall off (laughs) you get older your body wears I don't care what you do right and one of these days if the rapture doesn't happen you're gonna die you liars you guys do the same thing she did right but if you go and pay for their conferences and their books and all their secret techniques she as we saw before Crone theory she was the original female word faith false teacher okay it's just recycled today uh, as we saw before. Okay. But again, so permanent health. Does God guarantee permanent health? No, as we saw before. In fact, God says you're going to be a Christian this side of heaven. You know what's going to happen in your life? You're going to suffer. You're going to suffer because heaven comes later. Right? Let me just give you uh, a couple quotes from these modern, if you even want to use the term, Christian scientists. Okay. Word faith teachers. Same kind of basic false teaching premise. Okay. But they really believe this. As we saw before that you are destined to be completely wealthy, completely healthy at all times. Jesse Duplantis said that Jesus, his first thing on his agenda was to get rid of poverty. Excuse me. Frederick Price said the apostles were businessmen and very rich, why? Because only rich people could take off for three and a half years. Uh, John Anvanzini said Jesus was handling big money because Judas was a treasurer and only people who have treasures have big money. That's his rationale. Creflo Dollar, that last name was always interesting, uh, said, uh, he said that Jesus wore designer clothes. John M. Banziti said the same thing, custom sell. Now, what was that phrase back here? These guys do the same gobbledygook today in their teaching. And I'm quoting word faith, false teachers. And word faith, what's word faith? Again, name it and claim it, grab you With the power of your words, you can create wealth. With the power of your words, you can create health. That's Christian science. That's based off of New Age, demonic teachings, and Hinduism. Right? But they don't say Christian science because, as you see, they're on the decline. But these guys keep going up. Right? But what's the phrase there? It reads with a rhythm of pseudo-logical statements that has the tendency to dull the senses when read long enough. Listen to this guy. Quote, But without faith stuff, you have no stuff. Because faith stuff is the stuff of all stuff. Take away the faith stuff, you ain't got no stuff. Get the faith stuff, and you can get some more stuff. Because you got the main stuff. Now, did you get all that stuff? My question is, when you actually made that statement, were you doing this? Because <laughs> you, whoa, wow. Robert Tilton says the only time that people in, were poor in the Bible is when they were under a curse because being poor is a sin. Right? Frederick Price, you know what he rationalizes? Why he drives a Rolls Royce? He said, uh, uh, the Bible says that Jesus left us an example that we should follow in his footsteps. That's the reason why I drive a Rolls Royce. I'm following Jesus' footsteps. (laughs) Yeah, can you believe that? Again, that's fabulous. Well, uh, fabulous health. We saw Benny uh, Benny Hickness. It is kind of a Hickness sickness. Benny Hinn, uh, 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 he says, sickness does not belong to you. No sickness should come your way. What's that sound like? That's Mary Baker, Eddy. that's Christian science. Kenneth Hagen said that is God's plan that no believer should ever be sick. Excuse me. Kent Copeland, now listen to his words. Because again, with Christian science, it's it's a mind science. And you just have to focus with your mmm, right? And you just gotta believe. You gotta tap into this divine mind. And you have to use your words. Christian and these techniques to create perfect health and all this stuff. Listen, that's that's the core of Christian science. Listen to what Kenneth Copeland said. Same principle, which is based out of Hinduism. Listen to this. He said, you begin to meditate on those scriptures until you build an inner image of yourself healed. Just see it and believe it. As that image grew more and more crisp and clear, you begin to expect, you begin to hope that image to become a reality. You'll be expecting the very presence of God to rise up in you so powerfully that instead of believing for healing every six weeks, quote, you'll walk in divine health every day. You just got to create it with your mind and believe it and apply this faith. That's Christian science. And these guys are raking in millions of dollars, okay? Don't have time to share the Marilyn Hickey quote, remember her? Say to your body, say to your legs, say to your, yeah, yeah, whatever, okay? You speak into them, okay? But listen to this. These guys have the audacity to call God a failure. I'll just do two quotes so I'll move on. Frederick Price, he said, The believer should never die before the age of 70. Really? He said, that is the minimum. And then they really should be living 120 years. This is done by faith words. If you keep talking death, that's what you're going to have. If you keep talking sickness and disease, that's what you're going to have. Because you're going to create the reality of them with your own mouth. That is divine law. No, that's Christian science. That's Hinduism, New Age. All stirred up together in one. You just slap your version of Christianese on it and try to make it Christian. It's crazy. You do not determine your reality with your mouth. God determines our reality he's God not us okay but that's what they believe that you're little gods that you can tap into this God force Christ consciousness new age calls it, and all that stuff and you could determine your reality that's Hinduism you repeat your mantra and Hinduism over and over again to create your reality creative visualization they used to call I remember back in new age days. And this is being repackaged in the church today. It's a bunch of baloney. Kenneth Copeland, listen to what he says. Talk about the audacity. I'll stand over here when the lightning bolt gets you. Listen. He said, I was shocked when I found out who, direct quote, I was shocked when I found out who the biggest failure in the Bible actually is. The biggest one in the whole Bible is God. He said, I mean, he lost his uh, top-ranking angel, his most anointed angel, The first man he ever created, the first woman he ever created, the whole earth and all the fullness therein, and a third of the angels at least. That's a big loss, man. Excuse me? Wow. That's pretty crazy. All right? So these guys now supersede God. They have some secret technique that you can apply that works better than what God can apparently do. What? What? But again, that's the premise too of Christian science New Age Hinduism as we saw before. But does the Bible say we're going to suffer? Yeah, it's all over the place. I don't have time to quote Isaiah. What did she say? Blessed are those who always have perfect health and perfect wealth. Right? And what you can expect when you preach righteousness and you follow me is a Rolls Royce. At least one in your garage. Of the multiple garages that you're going to have in your giant house. I'm sorry, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, right? Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Rejoice and be glad because great is reward in heaven. Not here, in heaven. Because in the same way they persecute the prophets who were before you. They did the same thing in the Old Testament. They're going to do the same thing today. They don't, the, the world does not like God's truth. right? They think the cross is foolishness, the Bible says. So they're going to go after you, right? they're going to. Jesus said, in fact, in the future you're going to be handed over, uh, the people of God are going to be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. You'll be hated by all nations because of me. And on and on it goes, right? That we, talk, we rejoice, that we prepare in the sufferings of Christ. Why? Because God is so powerful. Listen, God never promises us perfect health and perfect wealth. He says you're going to suffer. It's going to happen. Heaven comes later. This is the cursed version, okay? But take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. He's preparing the world for us. That is is perfect but before you get there he slaps on the amazing promise you don't have to sit there and go and all these techniques to get ripped off right and these people bilking you of your cash he will do what he can do he'll make beauty out of ashes he'll, he'll turn our tragedies into triumph he'll, he'll turn our tears into something wonderful he makes purpose and value out of our pain God works all things together for good for those who love him. That's a wonderful promise. That is much more valuable because guess what? Sometimes God will leave that person in the wheelchair. And it's not because as these hucksters will say, well, you don't have enough faith. Or you got some secret sin. And they throw it back on the person. Or the Christian scientist. Well, that's why you need to come see us. One of our practitioners will show you how to... Mm. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. God's got something better. Trust me, I will do something wonderful even in the midst of this tragedy. Real quick, and we've got to move on. Uh, Johnny Erickson taught us. She said, in God's wisdom and love, every trial in the Christian's life is ordained from eternity past. Custom made for that believer's eternal good, even when it doesn't seem like it. Nothing happens by accident. Not even tragedy, not even sins committed against us. Our pain, our poverty, our broken hearts, that's not God's ultimate focus. He cares about them, but they're merely symptoms of the real problem. God cares most, listen, not about making us comfortable, but about teaching us to hate our sins, grow up spiritually, and to love him. Every sorrow we taste will one day prove to be the best possible thing that could have ever happened. We will thank God endlessly in heaven, listen, for the trials he sent us here. This is not Disneyland, this is the truth. Bingo. As she says that as a quadriplegic... For decades in a wheelchair, she's got the authority to speak on that, right? God can do something, something much better than i got to spend seven grand to go to your thing and learn these mind techniques and they don't even work. It's crazy, right? Now, let's get back to her quotes, right? All, her source of authority is way off base. She said, listen, it is contrary to Christian science to suppose that life is either material or organically spiritual. That's Hinduism. This is all an illusion, And basically what they believe, we'll get into this Lord willing next time, is uh, that their version of God is the I am, the divine mind. And since they believe that only this divine mind is good, anything that's not good, sin, evil, suffering, even death, it's an illusion. Yes, even death, they say, is an illusion. So the next time you're at a funeral, don't you dare. (laughs) No, Uh, excuse me. And then think about that. The person's dead. Hey, excuse me. Hey, 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 can I teach you some of these Christian science techniques? it will turn things around for you. They're, what? That, what you're experiencing right now is just an illusion. Yeah, it's, what? Maybe later I get into this, Mark Twain, he met a Christian scientist when he was suffering from a fall and he has some humor about that. Uh, She said this, the admission of oneself that man is God's own likeness sets a man free to master the infinite idea. You know what she's basically saying? You're God. And you acknowledge that you're God, you're part of the divine mind, you're this I am principle, right? Then you could use that, that power to create your own reality, including perfect health and all this other stuff. Because everything else is just an illusion crazy, right? And again, what's a common thread with the Word of Faith guys? What as we saw before, what's another false teaching? Not just perfect health, perfect wealth that they're little gods. Same exact thing Uh, taught by new age hinduism and christian science okay as we saw the scripture says there is only one god hello read isaiah i don't have time uh to get into that but she goes on she says that the theory of three persons in one god the trinity is polytheism she says that father mother is the name for deity which indicates his tender relationship and his special creation excuse me no he is father god period not this father-mother business. And you see, unfortunately, that's popular today. She said the word Christ is not a proper synonym for Jesus. We shouldn't use that in regards to him. Right? Which means it's uh, Christos in the Greek, anointed one. Mashiach in the Hebrew, same thing. Messiah is what he's talking about. Right? But somehow we shouldn't use that for Jesus. Right? Because he's just, you know, his, his blood was no good. He, he faked his death and all this stuff. Right? And Wow. then she goes on the mind capital M the divine mind she goes into this I am principle right this I am principle basically is her version that uh, you again just need to tap into this you tap into this I am reality this divine mind and you could use that to create your own reality right so I'm gonna skip this first video I got here uh, for you we're just gonna go straight into the second one for the sake of time but uh, guess who also is a female false teacher who also promotes this new-age Hinduism lie who also has a crazy following who also you have to pay to go to her courses and who also is a multi-millionaire let's see yeah hey geez you guys uh, uh, been watching watch this
1: so before we say goodbye let's sum up what we've covered in this class knowing who you really are means knowing
2: yes knowing at a level beyond The level of concepts, knowing yourself ultimately is being yourself fully. Being in touch with being, the being that you are. To sense the I am that is the essence of your identity when you remove all the identifications that usually you say, after you say I am, you say what you are. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: But if you say I am and add nothing to it, that is a good practice it can get you in touch with the essence I'm not this I'm not that I am as a simple meditation mm-hmm. repeat the words I am to yourself it's so powerful I, I started to do that it is so yes. powerful when and, you do and don't fill in the blank after yeah. the words yeah very powerful another similar one is who am I it's a question but don't look to the mind for an answer. In fact, don't look for any answer, especially not on the level of mind, who am I, and then allow the stillness to be there after the question. Don't look for an answer. And in not looking for an answer, there's the answer, but it's not, not a mental concept, mm. as of
1: sensing, wow. feeling. I am. Yes, I am. And just be with that. Yes. Yes. And so for whether it's an addiction or an eating disorder or, or nothing, you think you have a really wonderful life. But you are connected to all the things in your life, to the content of your life. Yes. Just being able to sit with yourself and to say those words to yourself,
0: I am. And they look so spiritual when they were never doing it. And what's that phrase again? Reads with the rhythm of pseudo logical statements that has a tendency to dull the senses when read long enough, right? It's a bunch of gobbledygook. Well, see, because what you really do is don't fill in the blank because you're seeking the answer, but then don't seek the answer, and then when you don't seek the answer, you get the answer. What? <laughs> but notice how, and did, did you see her response? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that made any sense give me a break right but you're the spiritual gurus right but remember it's the I am now what is that a perversion of biblically Exodus when Moses right? don't tell me this is not my chance this is satanic right he's perverting the scriptures this is straight from Satan folks right Moses said hey man who am I going to tell you who you are God says tell them, I am sense right, Jesus. It's a passage, him declaring his deity, and this is why the Jewish people want to stone him because it was obvious they knew he was claiming to be God. Because he says, Before Abraham was born, I am, I am. it's I am is the name of God. This is the deity passage, and th- that guy, Eckhart Tolle, right? This is part of Oprah's spiritual life class, which I believe she holds on Sundays, it's basically her church service, right? That guy's one of the biggest new agers on the planet. Right? But it's the I am principle that you just use this, your I am. I just, I'm part of that Christ consciousness that I am. And then I could speak into existence what I want to be. Now, that's full bowl of New Age. We know that with Oprah. We dealt with this before in our giant New Age study. But guess who else is traipsing around the United States and uh, supposed to be one of America's top pastors? Guess what? Oh, it's better than that. Oh, let's just get cut to the chase. Let's find out who this guy is. He's teaching the same false teaching, straight out of Christian science, straight out of New Age. And guess who's his new bu- uh, best texting buddy? Watch this.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I am. I am excited. Woo! I am energized. for life class with our very special guest. He's been called the voice of hope, a pastor for a new generation, Houston's own Joel Osteen. I I love Pastor Joel. You know, a few months ago, I saw one of his sermons called I Am, and uh, I said, now that is a life class. And I instantly sent him a text, because we text each other all the time. <laughs> because he was basically teaching one of my all-time favorite life lessons, and that is, you become what you believe. But it was so simple. He said, whatever follows I am is going to come looking for you. Woo. Did, did you not have an aha just there? So, so, for example, how many, and that just really changed the way I looked at my life. I thought it was so powerful. For example, how many of you are saying to yourself right now, I'm so tired, okay, <laughs> lucky. So great. Lucky. Great. okay. or I'm so broke, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fat. <laughs> We all do it from time to time, but I'm telling you, when I heard that sermon, it is, I, I catch myself when I'm saying those I am's to myself. If that's what you've been putting out in the world, then that's what's going to lead you to where you are right now, the path to defeat. So Pastor Joel says, it's simple. Your life is how you see it. And that is what we're going to learn, is to change the way. Yes! yes! We're going to change the way we see our life. With a man who says anything, just think about that for a moment. Just take that in. Imagine anything is possible if you have the faith to believe
0: it. New Age, Christian science, Hinduism, word faith, and Mr. Osteen is doing the same thing. Anytime, I'm just me personally. If Oprah Wan Kenobi, the biggest New Age priestess on the planet, likes your sermon, you better tear that baby up and start all over again. (laughs) Because she is a big, the biggest New Age, I'll say this, priestess on the planet. Right? And she recognized what he was really talking about. It's not biblical. She said, what? This is a life class. What life class does he hold? New Age life class. She recognized that what he's teaching is new age, but it's being done in the so-called church. And apparently, they're texting buddies. Not a good sign. Not a good sign, right? But this is, this is that what they believe, right? Matthew 24, I don't have time there, but Jesus said, he said, watch out that no one deceives you in the last days, right? False teachers, and false prophets, right? And the first thing out of the gates, what's he say? Many people will come claiming, I am the Christ. And in New Age, what they mean, they will, they will quote that verse, completely obviously out of context, just like Christian science does, and they will say, well, that's right, because I am the Christ. We are the Christ, the Christ consciousness, the I am principle. That is 100% New Age. It's a twisting of the scripture, but this stuff is being put into the church today, and most people think that you have the power okay, to create your own reality. No, you don't. Because guess what? Sometimes it doesn't change. But guess what? It's okay. God can make beauty out of it. God can be glorified out of that. God can do something fantastic. Because sometimes it doesn't change. No amount of money. No amount of new age techniques. No amount of quoting it over and over again. is going to work. It's sad. And people are getting ripped off. Okay, but let's continue on as we get ready to close. Oh, oh by the way, she follows that I am thing up, uh, Mary Beckett, with this statement. We've got to recognize, quote, that Jesus Christ is not God. Well, it makes sense according to her false teaching because if we're all part of the divine mind, I am principle, then hey, we're all God. Right now speaking of Genesis 2 7 she said quote then the Lord God had formed this is what Genesis 2 7 says then the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and became a living being. Well she says listen is this addition to his creation real or unreal. Right. She says is it the truth or is it a lie concerning man and God. It must be a lie for God presently cursed the ground. What? So she's saying that this really isn't Adam being born. This isn't really physical, right? Because she said, how can it be when God cursed the ground? Remember, her whole premise is this I am, this divine mind, right, is only good. So anything that's not good, anything that's evil or sin or death or sickness, that's an illusion. And she said that, and she justified it because God cursed the ground. Well, read the Bible. This is Genesis 2, this this happened before the curse came. Why? But again, that's just part of that. In describing the devil. Now when the Bible speaks of the devil, guess what the Bible's talking about? The devil. What are you guys? Biblical scholars? Apparently you haven't been sucking on that lifesaver with a squinty eye long enough. <laughs> because what she said it means <laughs> the devil just merely represents an error. Neither uh, uh, real or in the mind. It's just opposite of the truth. It is, the devil is a belief in sin, sickness, and death. What? Okay, oh, then she goes on again. I, and I'm just going to have to read this. Can you, you try to make sense of this. Um, I am life and intelligence in matter. There is more than one mind for I am mind. A wicked mind, self-made or created by a tribal god and put into the opposite of mind-termed matter, thence to reproduce a mortal universe, including man, not after the image and likeness of spirit, but after its own image. Reads with the rhythm of a pseudo-logical argument that has a tendency to dull the senses when read long enough. What? But remember, you got to follow it up like with what Ober did. <gasps> wow. And you really want to say, what in the world? Yeah, this is crazy. One more, and we've got to close. If there had ever, if there, listen, if there had never existed, Mary Baker, Eddie, if there had never existed such a person as the Galilean prophet, it would make no difference to me. But yet you have the audacity to use our words like God, Jesus, Trinity. And you don't just say you're science, you're what? Christian science. Not even close. Now, as we close, real quick, there is a danger in this belief system. That, that matter, that evil, suffering, sickness, even death is an illusion. And that all you need to do is learn her techniques, right? Maybe even buy uh, uh, Osteen's book and repeat this I am mantra over and over again. Or, or go to Oprah's life class. It's all the same thing, right? There's a detriment because guess what? It doesn't work. And people die. Let me give you close, just a, a, a quote. This is, a, as, as far as I can glean, a secular article. Uh, Christian Science, quote, healing to death. A two-year-old baby girl dies of a treatable lung infection as her mother follows Christian Science Church guidelines. In Florida, a family withheld insulin from their diabetic daughter, which resulted in her death. An eight-month-old child died of complications with a flu-like illness. A four-year-old girl died of meningitis. These are but a few of the countless cases in which members of this so-called church have died as a result of refusing to seek medical treatment. In the 20th century, an age when science is making such strides in medical terminology, why would people refuse medical treatment for their own children? Because the Church of Christ scientists... or Uh, 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 better known as the Christian science denies the reality of sickness it's not real Mary Baker Eddy the founder of the movement declares what seem to be disease vice and mortality are illusions of the physical senses if there are illusions then there could be no realities to sickness and disease if there's no reality then there's no need to seek medical treatment This idea is also affirmed when Eddie also writes, Life in matter is a dream. Sin, sickness, and death are this dream. She continues, Medicine will not arrive at the science of treating diseases until disease is treated mentally. Thus, according to the doctrine of Christian science, when members appear to be sick, that is but an illusion. To be cured, the member must be treated mentally by a Christian science practitioner. Ooh! Now you're starting to get into the realm. Is it by chance the next topic we're going to be studying, Lord willing, is Scientology? Because you have to use the mind, their practitioners' techniques, which you got to pay for. Starting to see a, a pattern? In order to become uh, clear, is their term? Eddie asserted that the cardinal point in Christian Science is that matter and evil. Uh, 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 including when a a child appears to be sick is not real therefore there is no need for medical treatment uh, simply here's all you got to do deny the reality of sickness and continue as if nothing is different that's it act like it's not going on quote however he says one fact that remains is a reality uh, is that children are dying children who would otherwise still be alive are dead because the teachings of a woman named Mary Baker Eddy And you wonder why it's in decline. But do you know where it's being promoted today? In the so-called largest church in America right now. From the pulpit. I am. Crazy. The enemy just found another new outlet. All he did was take the same old goofball lie that's going down the hill with Christian Science, repackage it, and it's supposed to be Protestant Christianity. Can you believe this? It's crazy. Oh, but as we close, there's another guy. A lot of people, I've heard uh, people say, oh, I, I think he's Christian. No, he's Christian scientist. His name is Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, if you know him, uh, been in a lot of different movies, he uh, came down with cancer. But he's not seeking treatment for cancer, at least originally he wasn't. You know why? What did we just learn? Mary Baker Eddy says, that's an illusion. You don't need to go see the doctor. He said, quote, I'm very thankful for all the prayers and listen, good thoughts from around the world. Why? Because you just keep projecting those good thoughts. This is not real. I just need to tap into that divine mind. This is an illusion and I just need to think positive things. Right? Now, he says people that I know, uh, people that know me, uh, they know I'm a Christian scientist and they make the assumption that I have somehow endangered myself. Well, let's see how he's doing. And I'm not doing this to belittle him or whatever, but I'm just pointing this out. This is what happens with false teaching. It destroys lives and some people die. But this is in action right now, right? But here is a video of him. This was uh, December, not that long ago, just December, a couple months ago, right? And here's where his health is at now. Let's take a look.
3: Val Kilmer finally opens up about his two-year battle with throat cancer. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, the 57-year-old reveals how the disease has taken a toll on his voice and left him short of breath. Seated next to his two children, Mercedes and Jack, now played a question-and-answer game, but could barely speak. The former Batman star initially denied he had cancer after Michael Douglas revealed Kilmer's medical crisis. Here he is in 2016, struggling to speak, still refusing to admit he had cancer. During his interview, Val says even with the cancer diagnosis, he is optimistic about the future.
0: (laughs) December. Now, this was January 30th. Here's the update. That's, that's what he was at in December. Val Kilmer's friends share a grim update about his cancer prognosis. This admission was very difficult for him to make. Remember, because you can't say it. Don't say you're sick or you're going to... Same false teaching of the word-faith movement. In fact, it took him a whole year to finally come clean about his diagnosis as rumors begin to spread about his failing health, as you saw there. Kilmer admitted the disease has taken its toll on his body. And this was as January 30th, and his condition has unfortunately worsened. Quote, Val is in dire straits. The actor may have waited too long to seek treatment, so the cancer made its way to his lymph nodes and his brain. And his family and friend members are worried that his 58th birthday, which happened this New Year's, January 1st, right, would be his last because his prognosis is looking grim. Why do you need to speak up in love about false teachers, false teaching? Why do we need to get equipped? Because of this baloney. False teaching is not just false teaching. We're not here to win a debate. But guess what? It has consequences. It leads people astray. If it isn't only Jesus and only Jesus to get to heaven, they're going to hell. And if it's false teaching, stuff like this, guess what? And the other examples I just read, and this is the tip of the iceberg. I have a stack like this on my desk of accounts of people dying from this baloney, right? And he may be next. Why? Because back in the day, somebody got off the source of authority right here, right? And you know what they happened to do? They got involved in demonic teaching with New Age and Hinduism. They actually invited demons to come inside of them, speak through them. Remember the trans-challenge she was involved in? She got flooded with the demons and she became addicted to morphine. You stir all that together, what do you get? Christian scientists, What? Not Christian, it's not science, not even close, and it's deadly, right? That's why we talk about it. Lord willing, next time we're going to get into her version again of God, the personal work of Jesus Christ, the nature of man, the means of salvation, the other four ways that you always go wrong and you're getting involved into a cult, and then we'll find out how in the world do we witness to these guys, lead them to Jesus before it's too late, amen? All right, let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Now before you answer that let me uh, share with you a couple of things that the Bible says. The Bible says that God is holy and that we are not. And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. We don't deserve to go to heaven when we die. We deserve to go down. We deserve to go to hell. Now to make matters worse we don't even want to admit this problem that we have that we're separated from God and only now but we're going to be separated from him for all eternity in a place called hell. We we, we don't even want to admit that. So once again, out of love, God gives us what's called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were God's x-ray, if you will, divine x-ray to to get us to admit the problem that we have inside that's separating us from him. Let's take a look at a few of those of God's divine x-ray. For instance, if you think that you're worthy on your own, you don't need a Savior, uh, you're going to get to heaven all by yourself, then let's take a look at God's test there. Uh, The the Ten Commandments. The Ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. Uh, How many of you have ever told a lie before? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, If you didn't raise your hand, you just told one. But folks, we've all done that. That makes us a liar. The Ten Commandments, God's x-ray, showing us that we have sin that's separating us from Him. We're not holy and perfect like Him. The Fifth Commandment says this, you shall not steal. Don't ever once take anything without permission. How many of you have ever done that? Well, if we're not going to tell another lie, we we should all admit that as well. Well, that makes us a thief now. The Bible says that God is so holy, uh, even His name is holy. And that's why the Ten Commandments says you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And if we're honest again, folks, hey, a lot of us, how many of us have used the blessed name of Jesus Christ? The only name, the Bible says, under heaven that men might be saved. We've now turned it into a common cuss word, if you can believe that. The Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. The Bible also says, hey, show, you want to show God you're so perfect, you have no sin, then don't ever once commit adultery. And you might say, well, I, I've never done that, really? Jesus lays the standard before us. God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outside. Jesus said, if you ever looked with lust in your eye at another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. That's His holy standard. One more, the Bible says, okay, you think you're so good, uh, then don't ever once commit murder. You shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible again says that the sin of hatred, wishing someone was uh, dead, is akin to the sin of murder. It's just, if you will, you pull the trigger in your heart. So so, so how are you doing? That's just five out of ten of God's divine x-ray, by the way, uh, showing us the problem. How are you doing? Not if, but when your time comes, we're all going to stand before God. You will be forced to admit what He already knows hey, God, let me in. Let me in. I'm I'm a a liar. I'm a a thief. I'm a a, a blasphemer, an adulterer, and a murderer. And the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're not headed to heaven. In that state, you're headed to hell. But here's the good news. God said, if we would just admit this, number one, then he could fix it. And it gets fixed only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 14, verse 6, He says, I am the way, the life, and the truth, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Why? Because only Jesus lived the perfect life in our place. And Jesus died on the cross. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be set free. And since we weren't there and since it's a gift and we can't earn it, we have to receive that wonderful gift by faith. And the Bible says God will pardon us for our crimes, our sins, against him. And you could actually see this analogy working uh, in the natural, in the normal world. Uh, we see this actually uh, in the courtroom. For instance, if a person is guilty and, and everybody knows they're guilty, they've committed a horrible crime and, and, and the, the sentence has passed, the judge has knocked down the gavel and says, hey, uh, you are going to jail. You are going to the death penalty for that crime. And, and we know that people, that happens all the time and they go to jail, but believe it or not, did you know there's a way for that person, even though they're guilty, to actually be set free from that crime? It's called a pardon. And the one in authority, the governor, has the part out of mercy, out of goodness, certainly nothing that that person did in jail. They can't undo the crime. It's too late. But out of mercy, the governor could go down there and grant that person in jail a full pardon for their crimes. And by receiving that pardon, the doors come open and they are set free and they're rescued from the death penalty. Folks, that's what God is doing every single day with us spiritually. He has allowed His Son, Jesus Christ, to take the death penalty in our place. He's pardoned us, but a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it. And it's actually been on historical record that there have been people on death road who a governor has gone down out of mercy and extended to them a full pardon, but they've rejected it. And by their own doing, they went to the death penalty. Folks, don't make that same mistake for all eternity. God loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done. All of it. Even the sins we don't even know about. He wants to pardon you and forgive you. But you must receive that by faith today. The Bible says if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call upon His name, ask Him to forgive you of all your sins, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be save. Please do that now. Please do that today because tomorrow may be too late. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries. Again, thank you for joining us. If there's anything that you need, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact us. Our information and number and uh, things will uh, pop up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.